There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 72 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing the penultimate episode of Season 2 of The Expanse. Holy cow, this one was crazy. Yes, it was. I know I'm saying that about all of them, but seriously, it's getting, like, more amped up, more amped up, more amped up. Yeah, and once again, we got some things that we just did not have any freaking clue was going to happen. Nope. No. All right, let's talk about the ratings from the last one first, or for this one, sorry. All right, this episode, episode 12, was a 0.15 in adults 18 to 49, with 0.515 million viewers, and that brought us up to 79th in the cable shows for the evening. Now, episode 9, The Weeping Sambalist, live plus seven days, tied for first in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain going from a 0.1 to a 0.3 for an increase of 200%. We were fifth in viewers percentage gain going from 0.471 to 1.099 million viewers for an increase of 133%. Nice. Yes. All right. So people hold on to your hats when we start discussing episode 12. The Monster and the Rocket. A discovery pushes Naomi and Holden apart and sets the Rossi crew against each other. Thanks for that in-depth analysis of the show. <laughs> yeah. Again. One brief little section of Again. it. I know you guys don't want to spoil anything, but... But really? Come on. This is like screwing with us to a whole other level. Yeah. And let me tell you, speaking of screwing with us, Daniel Iberson, Abramson. I always say his last name wrong. I'm sorry, guys. The EP on this was tweeting saying, Oh, hey, I am. What did he say exactly? He's sitting there working on season two or season three right. with the scripts. He already knows what everything that's happening. Ha yeah, ha. The, yeah. <laughs> really? And then, like, he would throw in, Oh, hey, what's happening right now? Because I'm looking at season three and working on yeah. that. It's like, All right, you know what? <laughs> that's so not cool. Really? I mean, I know you know. And, uh, this is like teasing us, but that's so not cool, man. <laughs> it's like the ultimate punishment. It's like, oh, hey, you want to know what happens? Nope. Yeah, not going to tell you. Yes. Nanny, Although, nanny, boo boo. Right. But I, I do like that he has like such a sense of humor about all of it. Yes. Going back and forth, just messing with our minds. Yeah. So. Now he just needs to, over the summer, kind of slip out obscure lines in episodes or really random pictures where you're not going to know what you're looking at right (laughs) i have a feeling he will because he just seems like that kind of guy right so like i said in a previous podcast make sure you're looking for them 
at your local cons because they usually hit the big con. But you know, people are popping up at at cons that we weren't expecting. Like we just found out during t- the tweeting of this show that we're getting some of the men from Winona Earp showing up at my local con C2E2. Right. So you never know when they're going to show up. It is sometimes last minute because they made that announcement a week out from C2E2. So make sure you're watching so you can go ask them the hard questions. Kind of like, why do you keep screwing with our minds? Right. That be the number one question everybody <laughs> asks them. But yeah, hopefully we'll see them at a local con. I don't know if they hit any up in Canada because I know that's where they were filming. So if anybody up there knows, why don't you let us know? Yes. All right. Let's jump into episode 12, shall we? All righty. So where shall we start first? Well, let's start with the Rossinati holding Alex and Prax take off and, of course, have to use uh, Alex's uh, patented uh, you can't find me move. His stealth moves. <laughs> Alex is awesome. I felt so bad for Alex this episode because everything he was doing, obviously he was doing it to keep them safe and to try to figure out how do we not get blown out of the sky. Right. And Holden was kind of being an ass the entire time. Yeah. This was almost uh, Ahab Holden. Yes. And that's actually what a lot of people were saying. Yeah. (laughs) If you were reading Twitter during the time, I was like, wow, he's got a little bit over the top, and he's become obsessed. And people are like, yeah, like Ahab was a little obsessed with Moby Dick. And there was a lot of that happening. Mm -hmm. You can see him losing himself, and you had Meng and Alex just like, dude, you need to come back. You need to realize that what Meng is saying is, you know, that could be my kid. I don't know. Even though he has seen what can happen he doesn't know it to the extent that the rossi crew knows right but maybe you need to make him aware that yes you really do need to take it take him through everything so he knows has a clue what he's dealing with yeah unfortunately he doesn't really know all he knows is that his daughter is missing and could be that thing right so it was kind of nuts because he just no matter what alex said holden was like you listen to me. You get me a shot. I'm going to kill these things. And he's like kind of pushing Mang away and yelling at him too. And you just felt like the only thing that had been holding him together at this point was the fact that the Rossi crew was all together. And at some point, even Amos could step in and say, dude, you're going too far. Right. Where if you know Amos is saying that to you, you <laughs> have to like step back and look at yourself like, oh, okay. Right. They were chasing it inside the Ag Dome wreckage, and how Alex was keeping that ship up was amazing. Yeah. And Holden was just driving him further, driving him further, and, and shoot, it wouldn't be something shooting him out of the sky. It would be the Ag Dome bringing him down. And what I found most interesting with that whole thing, because I didn't even think about it, Alex finally saying, what if they're luring us in? Right. Because I didn't think about that. I was thinking more along the lines like you were. Like, this whole thing can come down and crush our crew. Right. And I didn't even think, oh, crap. What if this, you know, because we don't know the intelligence factor. Right. But we have to assume it is highly intelligence from what we've seen so far with arrows. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 
they could be very well walking into a trap and not even realizing what's going on. Right. And by the end of the episode, you realize that, yes, it brought them... Close for a reason. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, well, we kind of gave that away. <laughs> but I was freaked out when that happened. Because finally, Alex is able to snap Holden out of it. But well, it's because the Sambalist takes off and the MCRN's going to shoot him down. Yeah, that's the other reason. Because he's like, boss, listen, listen, do you hear what's happening? Right. Naomi may die. And that's yes. like the one thing that kind of shook him out of it. Yes. So they go to try to help the Sambalist. Yeah, all of a sudden you see something and I'm like, holy shit, what was that? What yeah. is that? So it looked like just one kind of hanging on to the ship in like a little nook. And cargo body. hold. So do you think there was more than one or was it only one? I don't know. It, I thought it was it could only be one. But of course, what we've seen so far of that creature, it did not have the blue hue that we saw inside the Rossi. And the blue hue that we seen before was in Eros. Oh. Well, no, I thought they were kind of bluish. No? I don't think so. It's where they were, like, (laughs) like, but, like, blue sparkly is, I don't know, we're going to find out. Right. I assume we're going to find out, because why would you do that? You'd be like, oh, we're not telling you anything. Right. It's just going to be hanging on outside the ship for a while. But what's really kind of weird, if this thing was able to hang on when they left what little atmosphere, because, you know, everything has some kind of atmosphere, even if it's not something you can breathe. Right. It was able to survive in that, which they knew it was going to be able to survive without a suit. I was wondering if the scientists knew it would be able to survive to that degree. If you go back to the speech that um, the lead scientist made just before Miller killed him, he did mention uh, being able to travel the expanse of deep space without a suit. Oh, okay. So, yes, I think they they knew that that was a definite possibility that this could happen. Okay. Uh. So you have to love the speech that Holden gave to get the MCRN to back off from them blowing up the Sambalist, though. Because he basically says, well... We can do this the hard way, or you can choose to live. Right, because he has Alex target all of them, which is pretty impressive. Yes. Because he's like, you know I can do it. What do you want to do? Yeah. So basically, Holden's like, if you're feeling froggy, jump. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody decided to take him up on that offer. Exactly. Which I'm happy. So since we're talking about the Sambalist, let's go back to what was happening on the Sambalist. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, this is crazy. So... First of all, Amos is still pretty messed up. And as much as he wants to help, you know, he got freaking shot in the shoulder. He didn't exactly get patched up. Well, he kind of did. There was just literally like a gauze pad on him. Right. But, you know, all of a sudden he says, I just need a little something. And she gives him a shot. Now, I don't know if it was to make him sleepy or take away the pain, but he kind of just sits there and he's like, all right, this is happening. Yeah. But, like, they figure out, well, there was no, like... And this is kind of funny. Instead of fuel, they're fueling up with air, but those were all shut down. So they find out, well, we only have enough air to get, you know, 52 people off this this rock. Right. There's way more than that outside. Well, 
How are they going to do this? And Naomi's like, no, we can't leave these people. And we can meet with the Rasanati, and they can take some of them. We'll just load everybody. Well, right. At this point, you don't have any clue what's happening with the Rossi. No. There's no communications because everything's being jammed. And why on earth? <laughs> I say why on earth. The harbor master is, you know, saying you you don't have you you don't have permission to leave. You can't leave. Why aren't you trying to get everybody on every rocket and get them out? You think because most of them don't realize that the ca- it's cascading into a failure. See, I would think that they would know, like, there would have to be, like, alarms going off somewhere. No, and plus you're in a no-fly zone, so... Yeah, kind of uh, interesting the way it's happening. Well, ultimately, Naomi is, you know, felt like she didn't do enough on Eros. She said that more than once. Right. So she's like, no, I'm going out there. I will, I will be able to work this out. I'll figure this out. And Amos is like, you're not going anywhere. And that's when she shoots him up a couple more times with whatever the shot was. Right. Because then it's all of a sudden like, oh, Amos, sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just sitting there kind of drooling on his shirt, not knowing what to do. Not being able to do anything. True. Not knowing where he is, I think, even at that point. Right. And she goes up, opens the doors, and all chaos erupts. Right. And she's telling the guy, because there's a big guy that they had talked to, and, and the captain's like, if you keep these people in line, you for sure have a spot, but we need to do this. Well, of course, you know, Naomi's trying to talk to him, and he's fighting her. And I thought he was going to kill her, man. He slammed her up against the, the wall so many times. I'm like, dang. Right. That's got to be painful. But she explains to him, there's only room for so many people. Otherwise, everyone's going to die. Right. And you even have this other guy like, give her to me. I'll make him open the door. Okay, if you kill her, then nobody's getting on. Right. And I think that's what actually helped. that The fact that, you know, that guy was being such a jerk. And then our big guy, you know, when she says, I went on Eros and I didn't do enough. And, like, he says, what, he had a brother on Eros? And all of a sudden it's like, okay, he's going to help. And she tells him exactly we only have room for 52 people. Was it 52 or 51? Now I'm like confused. 52. Okay. And she's like, you can have a spot. You get this done. You can have my spot. And so, you know, they're separating people. And he says, and this was pretty good because it was a really kind of intense speech. Yes, it was. He says, we're belters. We're used to be having everything be hard for us. We're stronger than anyone. And our job's not over. And he gets them to calm down and gets them to line up. And he says, there's only so much room. The fact that he was real honest about it after Naomi was like, she thought that she would be able to do it herself and be honest. But having this guy like do his little speech and then say, we need to take care of who we can take care of. We need to do this. This needs to be the children first. I was not surprised that they did that, but it was like, a little bit heartbreaking. So I, I was happy that they did it and there wasn't like a huge fight about it then. Right. Because I was really thinking that as much as it was going to start working, that it wouldn't end up that way. Right. So yeah, they get, it was all the kids, right? Yeah, they got all the kids some and of the some women. of the women and men. Yes. But not yes, many. Yes, because they didn't do all the, all the women or anything. Right. They did some women and some young men. And you've seen one family got separated. Right. 
And that was kind of breaking my heart. I know I had a tear or two fall because it's like, holy crap. And just reading the Twitter feed, you know, people were like, oh, my God, it's like the Titanic. Right. You know, not thinking about it because, yeah, it's, it totally is right there. It is. That's right. You only have so many uh, ways off the ship. Now, do you think that they did the right thing with not just sending the women and children? Oh, that was absolutely the right thing to do was to get the children mm-hmm. first and then the youngest of the women and men. Okay. Because I know a lot of times where people are like, oh, no, it should just be women and children. See, and I don't feel that way. Now, I might feel that way if I was in the situation. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, yeah, because if you have young women and and young men who can get out and, and if they're your family, basically live, you live on through them. Right. But, yeah, it's kind of rough. It was rough watching it and seeing the door close. And then he kind of grabs Naomi, and she's like, what? Get on. He's like, your job's not done. And he shoves her in. Right. And the door closes, and he's just like, all right, we got to do what we got to do. I hope that these people get off, but it's like, oh, my God, what? What's happening? Maybe they'll find a way to stop the cascade. We can hope. Right. Because, yeah, these were some belters that I kind of would like to see around more. These aren't um, the... uh, terrorist ones yeah that are kind of jerky mm-hmm. like the ones who came on to the sambalist originally to take their cut right which was- and anderson's mm-hmm. people and all the the clan leaders right so we'll see we'll see what happens and hopefully we will see more of them yes now obviously like you said they start to take off the harbor master's like if you don't back off you're gonna get fired on and she's trying to say you know, there's, we have refugees on here. We're just trying to get away from the cascade, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, yeah, you're going to be targeted. And here comes a torpedo. Thank Zod. Yeah. Because here comes Alex with the Rossi and, you know, bam, 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 it's done. Although that was an awful lot of ammo that he used to try to blow up one. One missile, uh, yeah. I thought you could target that. If you can target all those ships, come on, you can target that, that missile better. Right. So that's our crew, and we're happy because nobody's dead. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's go to our our other favorite. Well, my favorite, Ava Solara. But and before we discuss Ava Solara, we kind of have to discuss Aaron Wright. Yes, we do. I think this is Are the we... biggest part he's had, like ever. <laughs> In any episode, it absolutely was. So we first see him spending time with his young son. That's not ominous. No. You can see he's clearly haunted by the testimony he's going to have to give to the panel on Eros. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he basically freaks his teenage son out, telling him to listen to your heart, telling his son that everything's going to be okay. And, you know, you kind of get the feeling that, well, maybe he's uh, considering taking himself out before it gets uh, too far along. And when we see him shaving, and he kind of cuts himself, I thought, oh, okay, maybe this is it. Right. And then you see him with the little vial of some stuff after he's written a letter to, I guess, his wife. Okay. And you think, okay, he's going to off himself. Yeah, I really did think that was what was happening. Right. But, of course, he set up a meeting with the uh, Martian delegate. 
and they have a nice little uh, back and forth about who's wrong and who's right, and let's be honest, and he breaks out some really old uh, alcohol. Was it bourbon? No, I don't think it was bourbon. I think it was just whiskey. Yeah, something. And they toast, and all of a sudden you see him looking like he's having a heart attack, and we find out that, yes, he the vial that he had in his hand was a drug that was banned to... Simulate a heart attack. Right. That it would definitely kill you, but it would only look like it was a heart attack. Yeah, because it was specific to a person's DNA. Right. Which I thought was interesting because then he does say they'll never be able to figure out what it was. Right. I was like, holy crap. Crap. Yeah. Just what? That's a whole nother level of uh, chemical warfare. Yeah. And to see Aaron Wright go to that extreme. Yeah. You you kind of always thought of him as being kind of the slimy politician that's just trying to find a way to make an extra buck, and that's how he ended up with Mal. Mm-hmm. But to go to this extreme, to get rid of the Mars lead delegate, you know, okay, what's going on here? Right. And uh, then finally making himself seem not heroist, heroish, but like he was concerned because he's like, okay, he's making sure that the guy is dead and there's no coming back. Right. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I have to be out of breath. And and he like starts yelling for help and acts like he's doing chest compressions. But like I said, he let it happen long enough for the guy to be, you know, gone. And because he said it was specific to the DNA, he finishes off the other guy's alcohol. So there's nothing there to test. Right. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Because at first Mm -hmm. when he, you know, chugs his too, I'm like, oh, okay, he's just going to kill himself too. Right. But, but no, if it only targets the Martian's DNA, it won't do anything to him. Right. So was it in the glasses or was it in the whole bottle? Because wouldn't you have to chug that bottle then? <laughs> I think it was just in the glasses. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was, it was freak. It was freaky what happened, really, because I was just surprised. Right. But apparently that's not all Aaron Wright has up his sleeve. No. And we'll see that as we talk about Avasalara and Mao's meeting. Yes, again, I love Avasalara. Apparently, she is not comfortable off-world. No, not at all. Does not like space travel. Hmm, who else do we know that doesn't like <laughs> space travel? It was just, uh, it was kind of weird because I kind of feel like, you know, everything we've seen her at, she's always been just completely fearless and you know, no doubt about anything. And they finally show her where she is afraid. Yes. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Wasn't anything I was expecting, though. So, you know, uh, as they're flying and she has Bobby and... um, Katar. Katar. Thank you. I'm like, I blanked. You know, they're kind of going back and forth. She's like (laughs) ignoring them. Right. And, you know, he's like, you're here to be muscle. And then she figures out that, oh, you were in military. You know, they got the back and forth and kind of ripping on each other. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit. And then you see a side of Bobby that is just kind of innocent. Because right. when they end up getting on the ship and and uh, 
Mao's guy is like, I hope you like cucumbers. <laughs> you see Bobby run over <laughs> and she's like inhaling these little cucumber sandwiches. Right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I've never had one of these. And Exactly. So, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you see this other side of her, like I said, very innocent, very childlike. Even yes. though she's grown up to be, you know, military, knowing that Martians have to be hard and even though Katara tells her, Well, you're here to help protect Avasalara, like I was wondering, it's like, okay, is she gonna do it? We don't know if it came down to it. Right. But when when things do kind of hit the fan in a bit, she does jump in front of Avasalara. Yes, she does. But I have to say, and I have to give it to to Christian, she does not just stay behind her though. No. So I was surprised with that. But it seems like Mao's like, all right, listen, we can talk, we can come to an accord. And Avasar is like, wait, how are you going to benefit no matter what happens here? That's kind of crap. And then somehow back and forth happens. And then we get a message from Aaron Wright. Yeah. Let me tell you, I was surprised. Because Aaron Wright, with everything that he has done, I didn't expect him to be like, listen, I'm in charge now. What about that? Right. So the fact that, you know, he's like, you're going to come back here, you're going to get back to work, and you're going to shut up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, she's going to kick your ass when she gets back on World. Oh, you better believe it. It's like, you better run. That's all I kept thinking. He said, you better hope she doesn't make it back to Earth alive because you will be toast. Well, Mao, you know, seemed to be like, oh, you gave him, you gave it away. You let him right. know I am. And she's like, yeah. I didn't tell him shit. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, Aaron writes in for a world of hurt thinking he can play hardball with, with uh, Ava Solara. Well, I don't, I think he's pretty set that, yeah, she's on his ship. He should be able to take care of it. I don't know. Yeah, you've got Bobby and Kotar there that may be able to take out most of his crew. I mean, we've already seen uh, how easy it was to take out their cloaked ship and take a station. So uh, Mal apparently doesn't have the best uh, mercenaries in the <laughs> universe. I don't know. I guess we have to wait and see for the next episode, which, again, it's like really the last episode. How are you going to bring this all around? Right. I just want to see Christian come down and just, like, beat the crap out of Aaron Wright. Right. Like, just a couple of good punches, at least. Well, at least have Bobby do it. Oh. I want to see her do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think she's got a few few good ones in her, at least, and then let Bobby take over. Okay. Probably right. I'll take him up and space him, whatever. Right. <laughs> I know. It was a crazy episode with everything happening and all these. Not plot twist, but these things Unexpected that we were expecting. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to wrap this season up. It's going to be something else. Yes, it is. And we saw nothing of Venus. No. And after that just moment that we got just a few episodes back. Right. I'm still waiting for Miller. I am too. Miller and Julie. We're just going to hear them talking or some totally right. random. <laughs> right. To everybody in the universe. <laughs> Hopefully we'll find out. Yikes. All right, everyone. We really do hope you're enjoying this show. And hope you're enjoying our podcast. Uh, we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on whatever platform you're finding us on. Because we're on several different platforms now. And, of course, if you're wa- 
watching, if you're listening to this (laughs) on our website, you know, we have all the other podcasts too you can listen to in case you haven't noticed. But we do hope you are enjoying it. Tell your friends who also like the show. Maybe they'll enjoy the podcast. We do want to hear from you guys. Fangrowzonepodcast at gmail.com. We need to hear your theories because this has been insane and it's wrapping up and I don't know how they're going to end this. I really don't. Right. So. It's going to be cuckoo. (laughs) Cuckoo for Cocoa Buffs. All right, everyone. Don't forget to check out www.fangirlzone.com. And, of course, our shopping links. It doesn't cost you anything. It just kind of helps us a little bit. We hope you are enjoying everything. So, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. You people are shit magnets. (laughs) And until next time.